What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert floating around, already working on something as the producer. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering needs and information. They've got it all. Football's futures, the NHL playoffs, the NBA finals, fights, Vegas casino games, poker. They've got it all over there. Easy to use website that you can check out on your desktop or mobile device. If you sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V. It's bet online and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National VCR Day to you. Oh, it's a throwback, huh? When's the last, what's the last movie you watched on a VCR? Do you know? I know that like, this is. Little known fact about Joe Marino, this used to be your your industry when you were young, Bob, yeah. first coming into the world. Yeah, and I, I, I was this, honestly thinking about this that. No little, prob- this ain't no little known fact. He talks about it all the time on the show. <laughs> that I worked in movie rental? Chris, go back to your research, um, please. I don't know the last VHS tape that I watched, but I did see a VCR last week, and that's why I picked VCR today. I could have went with National what? Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Was it attached to an actual television or was it just the separate yeah. VCR? It was it was the DVD VCR combo at a uh, I went to go visit a, a friend who uh, had a baby and was in their hospital room. They had a VCR DVD combo. So had to shout it out. I don't know what the last movie I watched on a VHS tape was, although I was cleaning out some stuff in my attic and I found some of my old game film from high school. It's on a VHS tape. So I, VHS. I think. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I could, if I want to go back and watch the tape, I'm going to need one of those things. Well, I'm sure you could find one on uh, eBay for next to nothing. So maybe we could have Chris Chris look that up too while he's working on our special project. Um, Since Joe Marino woke up this morning on the social media timeline and chose violence, which is what our our Eh, follow up is. eh. Joe says, choose violence. Listen, I need to ask you a question. Uh, uh-huh. Have you heard of the fan on from my favorite team who puts people's faces on a mountain? Like if you if you like say something they don't like or something they do you like, they put you on King Mountain or they put you on Cuck Mountain. No, and I don't. Like Pat McAfee took it off and ran off with it because Pat had like some critique of the Dolphins was talking smack. They put him on the mountain, and now like Pat McAfee like picked it up and ran with it too. Um, and anytime somebody gets put on not the good mountain, but the bad mountain, the guy who does it always says, I'm just the artist. And that's what you reminded me of when, with your response, you were like, I didn't create the stats. I just presented right. the stat. Like I, mm-hmm. I just told you the information. Don't get mad at me. It's his equivalent right. of yeah. like, I'm just the artist. Like I didn't choose yeah. for you to be here. I'm just the artist. Right. Yeah. I feel, I relate. I relate so much to that. Um, it's not my fault that Bill Belichick is 70 and 70 and 79 as a head coach in the NFL without Tom Brady and 29 and 58 against teams with a 500 or better winning percentage, you know, and, and, and if only, and if only the sample size was greater than 149 games, we could actually know, you know, like the sample size, if it was big enough, it would make sense to share that. You want me gaslighted because I saw your ass retweeted me just before we got on here. You want you know, it so bad. Mean, like, 
Bro, I you think, think I'll cause problems on purpose. <laughs> let me tell you about my I am I I am doing this podcast. I'm doing our staff meeting and I'm hitting some golf balls afterwards. There won't be a care in my world about what's going on in my Twitter mentions. Go <laughs> talk about Kenny Pickett. I was Pickett, hanging on that one Pat's face too. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett. Let's do it. I saw you. You you asked, and then he said, Go, go Fins. It's a great response. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay. Bill Belichick, two and eight in his last five, or excuse me, his last 10 against the Bills and Dolphins. Just getting better and better. All right. So last year we did this really cool thing. At least we thought it was really cool. Reflecting on the 2021 first round quarterbacks. There were five of them last year. Well, this year there's only one, but we want to do the same thing that we did. We went through Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and we evaluated the situation that they were entering. And we looked at it through the lens of coaching, the quarterback room, the running game, the offensive line, pass catchers, and the defense. And we scored each of them on a scale of one to five in each category, with one being a fail, three being perfect. And then it's out of 30 points. And we were able to stack up which quarterbacks entered the best situation for them in year one. And that was really an enlightening process. And we're going to do it for Kenny Pickett here today. And actually, in the coming days, we're going to go back and reassess where those 2021 first-round quarterbacks are now entering year two because, let's be honest, there's a lot of turnover for literally all of them. Um, And so that'll give us a really fun way to look at how those first-round quarterbacks and how they're surrounded in year two. And it'll be fun to look and see how how the grades change and if some of those situations got better or worse. But today... The spotlight is on Kenny Pickett. Real quick, I do think Mm -hmm. it's very cool looking back on the five we did last year. Uh, The two playoff teams out of teams that drafted a rookie quarterback were the two that you and I both collectively scored as the top two situations that players were entering into. Now, of course, one of those two quarterbacks did not play, Mm -hmm. but one of the criteria we scored was quarterback room and because of the other dynamic in the quarterback room, it, it was a stabilizing force. And uh, there, there's a pretty clear threshold and, and cutoff here um, <laughs> based off of last year's small sample size. It's not 149 games or whatever Bill Belichick's sample size without Tom Brady is, but it's one year, five quarterbacks. <laughs> we, we have the numbers and uh, it feels nice to be, to, to be vindicated in this front of, assessing what those situations were. And sure enough, those those top two situations that players went into were the two that ended up making the playoffs. And that was unanimous for both of us. Same order and everything. Mac Jones and Trey Lance. All right. You were Shall just we? a little high. You were a little you were a little bit more of a generous grader than I was. Um I'm ready to correct that this year with our with our one opportunity. Um, you think so? But I, I, no, I because I, I was a little surprised with where I came out with Kenny Pickett, and we'll talk through this. Um, but I really tried to be stay true to the scale. One is a fail. Three is perfectly average. Five is perfect. And and I'm so I yeah I'm good. Let, let me let me tell you this. I um I did it off the cuff, like to get it started, and then I actually went through and dug. And I too was surprised what my number okay. is. Shall we? Especially versus the off-the-cuff initial wave. Yeah, let's, the, let's talk about the it. eyeball glance versus the deep dive got 
got yes. to different results for sure. Yes. Okay. Coaching. Start with coaching. Head coach uh, Mike Tomlin. Gave... Oh, you want? No, go ahead. Set the table for us. That's fine. okay. Head coach Mike Tomlin. Obviously, we know and respect Mike Tomlin and all he's been able to get done in Pittsburgh and never having a losing season despite some really challenging dynamics at various points throughout his tenure. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach. He's got 17 seasons of NFL experience, and David Corley is the assistant's co- the assistant quarterback's coach. It's his first season in the NFL. You want to go on the count of three with your score? Sure. Okay. One. We don't have to specify when after three, right? We like we've done this enough. Yeah, I think so, but it probably won't be perfect. But I'm ready. Chris, Chris yeah, his head. just be prepared to to clean this up. Yeah, Chris, know. why don't you come up with a great way for us to do this in the future that's better than this? So, <laughs> pens and pens and notepads and hold it up. <laughs> right. We could. I got. <laughs> oh Christ! All right, one, two, three, two and a half, three and a half. Ooh, two and a half. So you think you think this is slightly above average? Yeah, and it's Tomlin. There aren't many head coaches in football where I would like threes the floor because it's Mike Tomlin. I agree. The supporting staff, Matt Canada, those dynamics are all underwhelming to me. I just didn't feel comfortable going that low for a team head headed up by Mike Tomlin. I respect your process. And I, I thought about that as well. And Mike Tomlin is a reason, a big reason why this number isn't lower. Um, but Mike Tomlin, head coach, defensive-minded coach, I'm underwhelmed by the rest of this, Kyle. Matt Canada um, and his tendencies, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of turnover with, with his stops along the way. You know, he's been flashy but has not had any sustained success in any one location. And you've seen a lot of his situations get better once he's left. And I, I have some concerns about the way he he designs an offense, very tightly congested type situation. Um, I think he needs to evolve. Uh, Mike Sullivan for 17 years in the league, uh, not really a whole lot of experience working with young quarterbacks, has some time spent as a quarterback's coach and coordinator, but a lot of his time at as a wide receivers coach. And I went through all the time that he was either a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator, and, and I really didn't see a whole lot of overlap with young players at the position. Then you have David Corley, like we talked about, first-year uh, William & Mary guy, which is always going to be helpful when you're talking about the Mike Tomlins and Sean McDermott's. They always go back to that pool. Um, but, you know, what is? I'm sure he's a bright guy and is going to have a great career, but his first year on the job. Um, so I, I feel like Tomlin pulls this up, but collectively I think it's slightly below average with Tomlin kind of pulling it up. Yeah. I I think for me, it was more so like Tomlin's a three out of three and the other two points are attributed to everybody else. And they got a half a point out of two possible. So I, I also think very lowly of some of the assistant coaches on the staff right now. Did you know most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used auto-approved to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he's saved with auto-approved, he's sitting behind the third-base dugout instead of the bleachers. Auto-approved connects vehicle owners 
with their best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork, yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How? By instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with Auto Approve, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the best deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, Auto Approve was able to save their customers on average over $150 a month. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners that refinance through Auto Approve, they'll send you $100 cash to your mailbox. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level when you refinance with Auto Approve. Put more money in your pocket for what matters most. To find out how much you could save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. All right, so I have a two and a half for coaching. Kyle has a three and a half. And our next topic is the quarterback room. Where yes. it is Kenny Pickett, it is Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and fellow rookie Chris Oladakun. One, <laughs> two, three. Three. Okay. Great. So we see this. So what's what's the best appeal for you of Mitchell Trubisky's presence in this quarterback room? Because for me, it's like he's been in those shoes, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's a certain value to that experience and his ability to relate to anything that Kenny Pickett might go through. Of course, they're going to be competing for mm-hmm. the starting job, but like I don't think that's a bad thing either. So uh, I, I'm really glad that Pittsburgh has somebody who has walked what Kenny Pickett is about to walk uh, to to share that room with him, despite the fact that Ben Roethlisberger obviously riding off in the sunset. Yeah, and the the challenging piece here is that they are competing against each other for the same role. Uh, But I I cling more to what you said there and just kind of believing that Mitch is a good dude, right, that's going to want to be helpful and want to be a great teammate. And and I've already kind of seen him – um, throwing different events and, and hanging out with his teammates. And I've seen Kenny Pickett in some of the pictures and things that Trubisky's putting on. And so every indication to me is that, yeah, these guys are competing, but they're wired the right way and conditioned the right way to be um, helpful to one another, where this isn't going to be a situation where uh, I'll reference the Bills because I think this is a great example where the Bills in 2018, when they drafted Josh Allen, A.J. McCarron, was the guy in the room to to help bridge the gap. And McCarron, all he wanted to do was take advantage of his opportunity to compete and be the starter and was not an asset at all to Josh Allen. And the Bills got rid of him before the preseason was even over because they realized that this wasn't going to work like that. I don't have those types of concerns with, with Trubisky working with Kenny Pickett. And I also like that Mason Rudolph is there. And, and Mason Rudolph is the guy here that has the most experience in the system, Right. Like, so there's a quarterback in this room that's been with Matt Canada since he's been in Pittsburgh. And I think Mason kind of understands what he is in the NFL. He's, he's a backup and they paid him. He got a nice little contract extension to stick around. But I think he understands who he is. And I think he'll be an asset to both of them. 
And then I also like that they do have another young arm in there and Chris Oladakun who can be like a, we, you know, like we talk about Trubisky as a guy that's been through what Kenny's going through. Well, Kenny has Chris with him at the same point in their career, right? Like rookie right. quarterbacks. And so I kind of like the makeup of it, um, but I don't think it's above average because it's not like, it's not like there's this, there's not like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick or like a, a player that you know is like in the twilight of their career that is just, I want to help this quarterback succeed me. You know, right. like and those I've types of things it, I've don't I've seen exist. it all. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, Rook, next time that corner's shaded in like that, just expect that safety to push up over top because he's probably going to butt, like right. all that stuff. It's perfectly average quarterback room situation. Yeah. That's I, why we, I'm I, not, I'm not unbothered by, or I'm not bothered by right. it, but I'm not unbothered by it. Right. Sure. Like it's cool. You know, I think you have enough there. I agree. Run game. Run game, which is somewhat of a, yeah. Should we do offensive line first? Because I think yes. that's an extension of the run let's, game. Let's do, please. let's do a line. Let's first. do that. Uh, scheduled offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dan Moore at left tackle, second-year player, Kevin Dotson at left guard, Mason Cole signed over to come and be the center, James Daniels, another addition this offseason. He? He'll be the right guard. Pardon? What about the yeah, other right now, kid? He's, he's in the mix. Our lads right now has it Mason Cole. And then Chuk Sakura for who they re-signed uh, to be the right tackle with – Joe Hag, Kendrick Green, J.C. JC Hassenauer, and Trent Scott as the what I would think are the primary backups. And we'll see. Maybe Kendrick Green might beat out Mason Cole. That would be of no surprise to me, especially because Green I, was a starter last year. I'm expecting. I'd be stunned if Mason Cole beat out Kendrick Green as a third-round pick. We'll see. Had some nice flashes. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, two and a half. Three. Okay. Uh, so I came into this offseason, right? And and you kind of, we were surprised in 2021 when Pittsburgh drafted a running back and then they drafted a tight end with their first two picks. We're like, man, like what about the offensive line? And then they draft Kenyon Green and Dan Moore. And it's like, okay, like they got some mid-round guys. Let's see what they're able to do to build upon that. And the answer was signed James Daniels, but you lost Trey Turner, who was a starter for you last year, who you signed after the draft. You signed him midsummer uh, to a one-year deal. So you flip him out for James Daniels and did nothing else. So that for me was, as I actually sat down and looked at it on paper, I said, hmm, this was a team that averaged less than four yards per carry. Last year, despite 411 rushes, they were very committed. Um, they acknowledged their limitations in pass protection with the style of offense that they called and the passing game and how much quick hitters they had and uh, the screens to the perimeter. And So for them to effectively just trade out one guy, and, and the one guy you traded out was probably your best offensive lineman last year, was kind of like... It's one of those things we've talked about on the podcast where things happen and you acknowledge that they happen, but you don't really sit down and process the, the entirety of it until after the draft is come and gone and you have more time to, to kind of recalibrate yourself. 
And for Pittsburgh's offensive line, it was like, oh man, like I don't think I like this group any more than it was last year. And it wasn't particularly strong last year. Don't disagree with anything that you said. I think where I'm giving it a little bit more credit is I really like James Daniels. And I think I like Trey Turner too. Yeah, that's fair. So if you call that a, a wash, I think that Dan Moore, Kendrick Green, Kevin Dotson, I would think collectively, while they're the same people, yeah, they're young players that should be better for, you know, year two, year three for Dotson. So I think that's where I'm counting on some growth, obviously with a lot of continuity um, coaching staff-wise, scheme-wise. I think it's average. I think I'm not going to fight you on a two and a half, though. Can I ask you a question? Half a point off. Sure. What do you always like to say about developing quarterbacks versus developing players? Yeah, you you don't want to have developing players around your developing quarterback. So it's a mighty to, big risk. Do you want me to taking, concede right? and make it a two and a half? Would that would that make you? No, happy? I'm just I'm I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm it's a fair point. I'm just, I just. I mean, we're we're both low on it, so I figured like let's have a little bit of a conversation here, and like that was especially my viewpoint is now you're saying okay you potentially are inserting a rookie quarterback and you're effectively banking on three guys that came through the draft the last, what, two or three years and saying, Hey, like y'all got to flip the switch. And if they don't like, you don't have anything else to go. Yeah. With two more established guys, but at least I guess I'm, it's not like we have a bunch of rookies. We've got guys that have played at least a year, you know? So I thought it was average. Uh, I, you, I could see your two and a half. No problem. Great. Run game, uh, so we have that offensive line with a stable of backs that includes Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland. One, two, three. Two three. and a half. Okay. Uh-huh. Shoes on the other foot here. Um, yeah, I gave it a three just because the presence of Najee Harris and what he's physically capable of is enough for me to say, okay, like, yeah, he's not going to be an efficient ball carrier unless they get better at blocking up front, right? I think he averaged 3.9 yards per carry last season. He had 381 touches for 1,667 yards from scrimmage and 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Obviously very involved in the passing game as well, but just from a run game perspective, like, you have a workhorse, you have somebody you're going to continue to feed the ball to 20 to 22 times a game. So even if that... 93 yards per game that they had last year or whatever that number was doesn't get a whole lot better at the end of the day you're st- that's still going to be part of who you are now maybe it's not going to help you stay out of enough third and sixes and third and eights that could be problematic for a young quarterback but at the end of the day I think it's a first round running back to be able to call upon I think is is worth a three in my eyes yeah, I, I like your case there. Um, don't disagree with anything that you said. I like that this team's going to have a commitment to running the football. They've proven that. And so you, you kind of just like that from the sense of it not putting a whole lot on your rookie quarterback if that winds up being the, the guy that plays. But if I had one gripe about the makeup of this this backfield, um, if you will, with Kenny Pickett, is just that there isn't a lot of experience. Um, Najee Harris, a second-year player, you know, Snell and McFarlane have not had a lot of uh, time on the field throughout their their young careers to this point. And I, I think I, I know that the, the label is run game, but I'm kind of including backfield is in totality to include the pass protection component of it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think 
they would have benefited from having a a back with some more time on task in the league that I think would be more of an asset to Kenny Pickett with the pass protection stuff. And I know Najee Harris is perfectly capable in that in that role, but I think having another guy with some experience, you know, a tenured guy to just kind of bring some maturity to that backfield would have been a benefit. So that's what got me from a three to a two and a half. Okay, let's talk pass catchers. Pass catchers. So Deontay Johnson. Well, we got to include Najee Harris. He catches the football. Deontay Johnson, their Correct. go-to guy. Chase Claypool, a couple of young players in George Pickens uh, and Anthony, excuse me, and Calvin Austin. They do have Anthony Miller, Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Key departures being James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster. But yep. bringing in Pickens in the draft. Okay. Yep. One, two, three. Three. Four. Ooh, you went four. I like this group. Obviously, Chase okay. Claypool, they're down. It's it sounds like they're down on a little bit. Uh, but Pickens being brought in to ensure we're not complacent uh with the departure of James Washington and Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, you know, Pat Farmuth caught 60 balls last year. Uh now it was 8.3 yards per catch, but he also had seven touchdowns. I thought he's a very productive second year player. Uh, Johnson, the high volume guy, 169 targets, him being back in a contract year. Uh, I think you have enough players that fit the style of play that they want to run offensively, but also what Kenny Pickett showcased at Pittsburgh that I think there's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for They're They're on the same wavelength as far as the style of players that they have collected. And because of that, I, I was pretty high on this group in its entirety. Plus, you mentioned Najee Harris, who caught 74 passes and had 94 targets last year. It's just it's an inefficient offense, but the skill of the players, I think, is is better than the efficiency that they put on the on the field last year. Likeable group for sure. Like Johnson, I like Najee Harris, I like Pat Fryermuth. I guess I just wish I felt a little bit more about everything, felt a little bit better about everything else in year one to be kind of like that middle ground where that's Mm -hmm. what just keeps it as average to me. And I I like Pickens. Everybody knows I love Calvin Austin, but we're talking about rookies. So yeah, two rookies, a player in Chase Claypool that you question what what his role is and what the team thinks of him. I just kind of settled on a three, kind of an average group to me. That's fine. Brings us to the defense, Kyle. The defense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and rip off the depth chart, um, but I have a grade and I have a reason for my grade that I'm happy to share. Sure. All right. Well, let, let's get the grade out in the open here. One, two, three, two three and a half. Ooh, wow, wow. We're different here. So here's, here's what I'll say about here. it. This defense has been very, very good under Mike Tomlin. But they regressed a lot last year. They were 24th in yards, 20th in scoring last season. And I don't think their personnel is any better. Last year. Right. I I don't think their personnel is better or even close to it. Stefan Tuitt obviously retired. He wasn't really part of the mix last year, but you thought about him on this team. No Joe Hayden. The secondary really, really concerns me. You're you're counting on both Miles Jack and Devin Bush bouncing back. I'm just concerned about having seasons that they have not had that they Bro. haven't had or did not have in 2021. They were both not particularly good. Well, I love Watt and uh, 
Casey Award and Tyson Alulu. I like the idea of some of these players, but man, well, I just don't know if they're, they're better. Their corners they are Levi Wallace and Akilah Witherspoon. Obviously, Cam Sutton Bro. in the slots, a very, very good player. Terrell Edmonds, they brought back reluctantly to be the safety next to Minka. I don't yeah. know, man. Like, I don't know they, about this they person. Didn't, they didn't have a very good appetite to bring him back. Like, they didn't want to bring him back. Right. But he, he's <laughs> just kind of back in their guy. I know they have Demonte KZ, Carlos Joseph, so, but it's like. So they, they are effectively banking on their elite players, right? You're banking on mm-hmm. TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick to rise the tide of the entire performance of the defense. Whether or not that works, I don't know. But I don't think you. I don't think it. you could hold it up to any of the other defenses <clears throat> in the AFC North. Like they're probably the, the worst division or worst defense from a personnel standpoint in the AFC North. Don't disagree. But, but I think there's a very long heritage and lineage lineage of good defensive play in Pittsburgh. I agree with everything you said. But again, having Mike Tomlin and having those elite players was enough for me to say, oh, eh, three and a half is where I, where I ultimately settled. Um, it, it, that, that season was such an outlier versus the last four seasons. They were all top six in scoring. Defense. Yeah, I know. I was, but that's why I said, okay, this, they showed the regression last year, and I don't think their personnel is any better. Right. I don't have any well, do reason to believe be their worse? defense is going to be better this year. Yeah, I think their personnel is worse. Sick. I do. I think their corner situation is worse. will be significantly worse. I, I'm not expecting it to be better. And we're talking about a bottom 10 defense. Okay. Well, there you have it. Which brings us to our grand totals. Uh, I had a 19 and a half. It sounds like you had a little less than that. Uh, you would think I would have added Joe had these a 16. All up. He had a 16. 16. Okay. All right. 16. Wow. A six. Okay. So a 16. And obviously would've, we got to bounce out of here because we got to go to our staff meeting. But I can do this very quickly um, for you. Joe's 16 would have ranked. Go ahead. F- would have ranked fifth for him last year if we include Kenny Pickett amongst the QBs from a year ago. The only quarterback that Kenny would have been better than would would be Zach Wilson. Uh, for you, Kyle. Kenny would have finished fourth in front of both Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and just a point shy of Justin Fields. I mean, I like that. I like that process relative to where those performances were last year. So uh, next up for us is exploring the year two situations of the quarterbacks uh, from 2021 and comparing them to both the Kenny Pickett environment and their rookie environments, which will be really fun to see what the trend line looks like. And then this time next year, we can come back and see if the performance on the field correlates as it did this time around. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support of the podcast. Make it a great day, and we will talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.